Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, I'm Jason Neal, one of the co-owners of PW United. I must warn you that the Yellow Block podcast contains some strong language and adult themes. So be warned and enjoy. Welcome to the Yellow Block, a PW United podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network. I'm Jared and I'm joined tonight by Mr. Dan Weldon. Evening. And Nathan Brown. All right. Is this the first time, I think it's the first time it's just been us three. I feel like we should have an adult with us. <laughs> yeah. You are the dad. Okay. Of what do you mean I'm the dad? I mean you're the older figure, I guess. Dan Dan <laughs> But Dan looks older than me. Dan, pull your hairline back. Let me see that fringe. It's not that bad anymore. I just, it's, it's, I cut my hair. It's, Shit, it's look, at the, look at the shine. <laughs> it's coming back. Behave. <laughs> You've been to Turkey? Maybe. Um Thanks. Rumours have been circulating online of our uh, of our death, basically, of the other block. It's been all over Facebook and, and Twitter. Um, the truth is, we ha- haven't shat our pants because of the legal action we got threatened with a few weeks ago. That isn't the case. Um, where you know we've all got jobs, studies, and think I've not studied for a long while, but I don't know a lot, a lot of you uh, younger lads have. Uh, I've got all that commitments as well. So now it's just been hard to get everyone together. Um, since we last recorded, we've played six times, won three, lost two, and drawn one. That means the playoffs are still on. And as we record this, uh, Accrington beat Bolton, so we are still well in with a chance. Uh, on this episode, we'll be discussing the last few weeks, the next couple of weeks coming up at Posh, and the, the inevitable road to Wembley. That's all coming up on The Yellow Block. <laughs> let's start with the big news then that's come out of the club since we have been shitting our pants, allegedly. Um, So last month, London Road Properties Limited, which owns the club's stadium, was placed into receivership over a dispute over unpaid loans. Co-owner Stuart Thompson appointed the receivers due to a reported £6.6 million debt owed to his company, Old Kent Road Financial Limited, since October. Um, Obviously, the 
the uh, fucking pop-ups on Telegraph website is horrendous. Um, so the London Road Peterborough Properties Limited is owned by uh, Dara, um, Stuart and Jason Neal. But it's big news, chaps. It's very big news. Um, I mean, my take on it, just to start off with, I think, I think it's unfair that Randy has been made the scapegoat a little bit. I, I think that that's that criticism is 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 ill placed. I think he's in a position to to do what he's done. Um, he doesn't want to cause the club any harm. Is my is my point of view. I don't think he does at all. He's trying to do things the correct way um look, it's clear Dara's admitted it. it it's very clear there's, there's big issues behind the scenes at the club in regards to the ownership but um this is a big issue Dan what's your what's your take on it yeah I, I think the second you start talking about receivership and you know mass debt so everyone's going to start worrying about the club I mean you look at the the amount of clubs that have folded or, or come close in the last couple of years and it's just ridiculous the state that football's in in this country but I don't think it's time to worry yet. I think, as you sort of mentioned, it's, you know, the part of the club, if any bit, you know, obviously it's separate. It is not in any way connected to the football side of things. So, you know, as as far as Peterborough United goes, you know, we're not in a terrible state and we have assets to sell, which, you know, Darius said numerous times, you know, whether we'll actually get the figures that he thinks we'll get, I, I don't know. But, you know, I think we're still okay. The problem's going to be in two or three years' time if we remain in League One and we lose all these assets and we run down their contracts as we always do. You know, people always does that. We sell maybe one good player once, you know, every eighteen months, and and that gets us by. But you know, the longer we let these contracts dwindle down and lose players like Sarika Dembele for half their value, if less, you know, the, the more the club's going to go into to shit. You know, Tim's mentioned it numerous times. You know, that the ownership seems to be sort of dragging the club down a little bit at this point and and like you said you know it's it's certain owners that are getting a worse rap from it than than others and you know i think we all have a in our own mind who we think's to blame but yeah hopefully more will be resolved in the coming weeks naturally is a worrying situation i think you know when you see news like that it it's you know it's never a good thing i think we're, we're definitely lucky in this case that it's you know a separate entity from the club um you know which we're, we're lucky for but it's a case of it needs to get resolved. Um, and the longer this drags out, I think the more worrying it gets. And obviously, as Dan's been, Dan has mentioned, you know, if, if we don't go up, then I think there is a serious issue in terms of, of money coming in. Um, I remember Dara saying a few years ago that I think the, the owners have to put in a few million pounds each year just to keep the club running. And that's without player sales. So, you know, that is a concern, especially if, you know, the, the figures that we've heard in terms of debt are, are actually true. Um, and obviously, you know, we're, we're worried about getting this this paid back. So, yeah, it, it is a concern, but I don't think we need to worry quite yet until, you know, we kind of see where the land lies really in terms of, of what league we're in um, and, and also in terms of the assets that we still have. The one thing I would say is is that the club are, you know, probably the kings in, in terms of lower league, um, you know, picking up players for, for pittance and, and then obviously selling them on. So that's the one sort of confident sort of side of this that, that I do have. Um, but it's yeah, it's not a good look and it's it's not a good situation. And you know, I think all of us should really be concerned about you know how the owners are getting along, their relationship, and you know maybe other issues that are sort of behind closed doors at the minute. 
I agree completely, Nathan. It's a big thing, the ownership. Um, I know it's been the owners have like batted it off when they've been asked recently, um, but I think it's in the summer, not now, but in the summer, it's, it's time for them to step up and address all of the issues, get it out there. The bad and the good, um, I think it'll be a lot more bad than it will be good. Um, but get it out there and get it sorted because it's not healthy. There's a, a terrible um, vibe around the club at the minute. That's not us painting a negative light on it. There just is. There's there's an atmosphere around the club and there's a lot of things that I think um, we, the fans, are, are not privy to that's that's currently happening. Um, and it's all going to come out in the wash, I believe. And I think, like you say, Nathan, I think that the receivership stuff and things like that. I think that's going to be a worry more later down the, the line, if you, if you so to speak. Um, the club have also allegedly been deducted three points, suspended until the end of the year, I believe, and fined £50,000 by the EFL for league breaches. Right, from reading between the lines, and don't quote me on this, and I could be completely wrong with this, but from what I gathered, it was a case of they didn't file the paperwork either in time or there was elements of the paperwork that was wrong. And obviously that's, you know, a bit foolhardy and a bit sort of silly for, for us to have got ourselves in that kind of situation. And I guess we're lucky that it's suspended. Um, but I suppose maybe it's just a lesson learned and sort of put it down to just a, a human error somewhere along the line. But yeah, that's kind of the information that I have anyway. Looks like they couldn't run a bath at the minute, let alone a football club, doesn't it? It doesn't, um, it's not looking very good for me outside, a bit of a laughing stock. But again, it can all be changed and less hope in the summer clear the decks a little bit and get things sorted. Uh, Dan Brazil said, how far realistically are we from banners of sack the board protests? It's a good point. He said he's quite maybe two to three years. I think I think two to three years is, is maybe a bit further down the line than what it is. I mean, again, I wouldn't go as far as that. I think a lot of things need addressing, but um, I mean, we don't want that happening, do we? Do you, can you see it coming anytime soon? See Nathan shaking his head. I, I personally can. I think Posh have been spoiled a little bit in the last sort of decade in terms of, of Dara and his ownership and how open he has been in the past sort of addressing everything in terms of that ownership. Obviously, you know, he brought the podcast out and that was meant to be even more open than before. And and we always considered to, him to be, you know, one of the more open chairman in the football league. But I think the fans are starting to notice in the last sort of three, four years, there's, there's been a, a definite tonal shift from Dara towards the fans and he's starting to be less open. He's starting to be a little bit more, I don't want to say frigid, but, you know, shy of sharing the, the actual information that the fans want to hear. And, you know, I, I guess it boils down to what he says in the past, you know, posh fans think they're entitled to, to know everything and, and they're not. And I guess there is an element of that, but also, you know, you spend the decade sharing everything and every intimate detail of the club that is physically possible to share and then stop doing that. You know, fans are going to start asking questions. Personally, I'm I'm virtually there at the point, you know, where I'm saying sack everyone, start again. It's it's beyond a joke. I know Tim's been there several years and, you know, we're, we're not a minority amongst ourselves. There are a lot of fans calling for heads in, in the ownership and that's going to continue the, the longer that this sort of, you know, atmosphere in the club remains. You know, clearly there's something going on with the ownership, whether we know it or not, whether they're going to tell us or not, there is clearly something going on. And the longer it continues, the more it's going to affect the football side of things, the more it's going to affect the financial side of things behind the football and, you know, for a club our size and stature, we can't afford for that to happen. On that point, though, so in terms of you obviously mentioned about the, the ownership and, and being open, I wonder whether the openness is kind of 
been retracted from Darrett purely because we have two other owners and he obviously has to go through them on certain things. I think that's one element to it. I think the other element is also obviously with the stadium, for instance, they're trying to, to get that planning permission through. I wonder if that's partly why he's also kept quiet on certain things so that he doesn't rile people that are involved in the council that are ultimately going to be involved in, in getting that stadium through. So I wonder if that's, it's more of a tactic rather than Dara sort of actively choosing not to, to be as open as, as he was before. And I think, yeah, definitely that relationship is um, with the other two owners, I think is, is probably an element into that as well. So I, yeah, I, I understand the the issues that, that fans are going to have with the ownership at the moment. And, you know, we are entering into a stage where it has been worrying for sort of the last 12 months, if not a little bit longer. Um, but also, I think, especially when it comes to Dara, we have kind of got to remember how far we've come under him. Um, he has, you know, I have my issues with him and certain things, but I'm also, you know, broad enough to kind of accept that he has done a hell of a lot of good work and, you know, ultimately we wouldn't have had the championship seasons that we've had. We wouldn't have had some of the players that we've had at the club. Um, and, and ultimately we kind of have to sort of weigh that up against the current issues that we're seeing now. You know, we've had, I don't know how many years Dara's been in, what, at least 17 years, I think it is. We probably had 14 fairly good years of that and maybe three pretty crappy dark ones, I'd say. That's roughly off the top of my head. I don't think that's quite so bad in terms of, of the club our size and, and ultimately being in League One for, for the duration of that. So I, I do kind of, I'm on the fence when it comes to this. I think I see the issues. I also see the other side of it that we could have had a lot worse. Um, but hopefully, yeah, these things get resolved, especially in the summer when, you know, we need football decisions, you know, made the right way and, and with the greatest intentions. And, and hopefully I'm sure all three owners will kind of come together and, and try and sort of pick the, the pieces of the puzzle back together. But let me present a scenario to you, and you know this is by you know all means and and sort of I want to emphasise that this is purely a, a hypothetical scenario. You yeah. know I'm not making assumptions. Say everything bad that can happen for the rest of the season does happen. We don't go up. We remain where we are. We lose our three key players. You know mm-hmm. you can think who they are. For me, that would be JCH, Jack Taylor, and Ronnie Edwards. Yeah, that was literally the three I was thinking. <laughs> they are the three, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, we lose them. We remain in League One. The ownership scenario isn't actually resolved, which I don't think it will be. And we start League One in a very similar boat to the way we started this year. You're honestly going to tell me that you don't think people are going to start calling for heads. If that whole scenario you've just explained happens, then yeah, then I could see it. However, I don't see it going quite that bad, personally. Um, I think Ronnie will go. I would be surprised if the other two go, if we're in League One. I think that there is no way that they countenance three three of the best players going all in one window. I think they would... <laughs> the way I see it is that the, the club would be very, very wary of that. Um, and ultimately, we're always very competitive in League One, and that would really dent any kind of promotion push. I just, I can't see them doing that. Um, the only only way I could see that is is with contracts. But will, will the club have a choice? That's, um, that is the other point there. to it, yeah. All I mean in terms of them coming together to sort of work out the pieces of the puzzle is more to sort of maybe have that breakaway and, you know, whether two of them stay, whether it's, it's only Dara or whatever the situation ends up being. I think that is what I mean by that is, is that needs to be discussed. That needs to be worked out in you know, all the financial legal details, all of that needs to, 
to take place and, and hopefully then, you know, we can get back to trying to get the club, you know, onwards and upwards. I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, they sell up or at least um, Randy sells up and then it, they end up as a two. That's my guess. I That's think what they will. Be. I think they will. The thing is, they won't get the value that they need. If, for Randy to exit the club at this point, he needs six and a half mil. No one's going to pay him six and a half mil for a third. Well, not even a third. It's a quarter. He's got a quarter. No one's going to pay him that much money for a quarter of a League One club. Imagine they sell Ronnie for, call it five mil. That's probably knowing that. Well, yeah, knowing Darren and Barry, I reckon that's a probably around about roughly the kind of figure they'd get. I reckon for Ronnie. Yeah, about five. Nah, they get more. You reckon more? Yeah. Depend. It depends. If a Premier League club comes in, yeah, I think we get ten. I think we do get ten. I was I thinking think seven get, and a half. I think we'll get a similar fee to what we did for Tony, which was like what six on completion, and then there was like four or three and a half deferred over like three years. Yeah. The other point to this is, I reckon they're banking on Tony going in the summer and then getting the twenty percent that they're owed. This is uh, audio quality is going to go downhill. I'm now on my phone. My laptop has just um, passed away. So, yeah, I shall stick it in some rice and hope it, uh, it survives another day. But, um, yeah, I was just, just uh, talking about the ownership. And for me, like I just said, we've I've personally met all three. And separately, I like all three of them. I think they bring good qualities to the football club. Dara's got a proven record. Um, obviously, he's got his limitations, but so has the club in regards to what he's done for us. Um, Jason, he's, he's made big inroads. I know it gets mocked, um, you know, with, with the facilities and the, the youth set up. It's proven that it's, it's got better. Uh, and Stuart, I think um, he did quite well with with getting the stadium up and running in regards to a new one. Look, it's not going to, I don't believe it will happen, but we've certainly got closer than we ever have. Um, and obviously, it's not working now. So I think something needs to change. But I think it's important to remember that there has been some positive um, inroads with all three. Um, but no, it is certainly time to uh, change that ownership pattern, if you like. Uh, that's my opinion on it anyway. Should we talk some football rather than all the bollocks that's off the field? Um, let's start with Cambridge. Oh, God. Um, how disappointing was it? It was, honestly, we didn't show up, did we? It was terrible. No, I, I would put it up there as one of our worst performances all year. It's you can say what you want about form going out the window in a big rivalry game, but you know, the players know what that means to the fans. They've got to put in some sort of effort. It just it didn't feel like they cared enough from start to finish. There was just there was no gusto. There was no you know there was no pizzazz in the team. It was just lifeless and. This is, for me, a typical Fergie performance in the last 18 months, and that's going to get a lot of stick considering our form since January, but I stand by my words. I wonder if the writing was on the wall in pre-match, and I mean that only from the point of view that I don't think we bigged the game up very much from a kind of, from listening to, to Fergie's pre-match conference. I didn't sort of get the sense that they were, I think obviously they are aware of how big the game is, but also I wonder whether they didn't place as much importance on it, maybe trying to take the pressure off the players. I wonder if that was the situation. And then when you look on the flip side with Cambridge's manager kind of coming out and, and saying what he said, um, I wonder if that just sort of stoked the flames in terms of his squad. And I wonder if that's had an effect on it. But, I, you know, take nothing away from the players. It was a poor performance. 
didn't turn up in you know arguably one of the biggest games of the season and especially riding in on on promotion as well um so yeah it really was a bit of a calamity of, of errors really um never began to get going you know maybe could have had a goal here or there but yeah it's just a poor performance and it it kind of sums up our season really when the the going get, gets tough we we didn't take the chances and you know, didn't turn up on the day, and it's it's just it's so frustrating because you you know we're looking at a squad that is very talented, that's got some some fantastic players in there, and, and we've seen that you know on the run that we've had since since January, since Fergie's come back in. Um, but you know, in a game like that, you just have to turn up, grind a result out. You know, I think all of us maybe would have even taken a draw before the game. I mean, you know, just a little bit of passion, I think. Um, you know, wouldn't have gone amiss. But yeah, it's just frustrating to see when you know that we've got such a talented squad and, and a talented, you know, first eleven as well. Um, it's just yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah, I think the only thing I would say regarding Cambridge is it also means a lot to them and they're fighting for their lives. So yeah. it was always going to be a tough, a tough, tough game for sure. So it is disappointing. I think Nate, what you what you say there is right because we know how we can perform, and you just want us to show. Yeah, do that against the big sides is is I really feel like we can compete and we can take take anyone on and beat anyone on our day and it's just when we don't do that it's so frustrating because I know that the players have got it in them. Yeah, and we're almost there now, and we're almost at the end of the season. We just need that final push, and like you say, we were on a half decent run, and that would have I think that really would have propelled us on further. But yeah. Massively disappointed on that one. Um, and then move on to Accrington, where first half, I thought we were absolutely brilliant. We were fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's a difficult place to go at the best of times. We've seen that t- tonight with um, with Bolton losing, although I think that was actually at Bolton. But um, yeah, just a really good performance and, and you know, definitely a reaction, I think, from that Cambridge game. They, the players must have felt that. Um, and yeah, it, it was really, really needed with the promotion push on the line, you know, just to get us get us over the line, really, you know, get us one step closer maybe to, to getting in the playoffs. Obviously, we, we know what's happened subsequently, but I think at the time, in, in terms of the context, that was a really, really huge result. And again, it goes back to the players turning up on the day and actually showing the ability that they've got. Um, you know, that's the kind of performance that we expect. That's the kind of, you know, ability and, and the kind of football that we expect to see from from that squad of players, I think. But once again, it instills confidence in us all where we think, hold up, we're going to win the following following games and Saturday happens and we get absolutely played off the park by Ipswich. Now, don't get me wrong, Ipswich are a very, very, very good team and uh, yeah, we, we were never going to, we were never going to beat them, you know, they're, they're, they're brilliant. Um, but again, did we show up? Not really. I don't, I don't think we did. No, I thought we looked wo- woeful. I think the players were defeated before they even got on the pitch. And I think that's sort of, it's it's very, we're turning up to these games like Ipswich, like Cambridge, like we already know the result before we've got on the pitch. Like it, the Cambridge game, it seems Yeah, but to why though? Players... Because we're not, we're not down and out, are we? We're in a really good position. No, but... It goes back to mentality, mentality, doesn't it? Like this team is not that different from the same team that Fergie had last year, and we were saying all year mentality was all wrong. We were going into games all wrong, and it for me it just stinks of that again. It's it's the same shit. We're, we're going into games like we already know what's going to happen, and we're not putting in the effort. You know, the, the Cambridge game, the players sort of gave the the persona like they thought they were going to boss it and walk out there like they didn't even need to give their whole effort and they got played off the pitch and they looked like knobs 
that happened again at Ipswich. They, they came out like they already knew they were going to lose, so they didn't need to put any effort in, and they didn't put enough effort in, and we did lose. You know, we're not having enough clear-cut chances for players to take the piss and take liberties on the pitch, but they're still doing it, and it all comes down to mentality. And Fergie's just not got a wrap on how his players need to act and getting that sort of... That, that pickup on body language, on mentality, on on behaviour on the pitch. And it just, it, it screams immaturity from the coaching staff and the players on the pitch. And that's the problem we're going to have in the run-in. It's not that we don't have the ability, because that team is fantastic. It's one of the best posh teams we've had for a very long time. The problem is the mentality of the players, the behaviour of the players, and the immaturity we have on the pitch. See, I, I wonder with that, if... Because of, of what Ipswich are doing, I think, I wonder if the players have, have looked at that and thought, have we really got it in us to do it? I, as much as that pains me to say it, I wonder whether the players have been beaten purely before the game thinking, Christ, this is a good side. Not thinking we're a good side too and we can play these lot and we can do all right. I just, I think Dan's right in terms of the mentality issue because, you know, like we said, we saw that at times last season, but especially this season where... You know, we've just come down. We should be able to beat anybody in this league. You know, that's that's effectively what you're saying when you come down is that you are in between those leagues. You are arguably better than most League One sides, if not all of them, but you're not quite as good as championship sides. That's that's the position that you're in. And that's what I find frustrating is that, that the squad's not that much different, as as Dan's mentioned. I think the other key point here, though, is, is you know, when we got promoted from League One last time, we had goals from Dembele, we had goals from from Sammy Smodix, both those players aren't there anymore. So the creativity and that sort of box-to-box running, that sort of thing on the end of things, that sort of finishing that Sammy had, you know, 15, 16 goals or whatever it was that he got, we've taken that out of the side. And while, you know, Clark, uh, Mason Clark has picked up that mantle to a degree, we're not necessarily seeing it from other players. Um, you know, Harrison Burrows hasn't scored as much as he could have done, I think. You know, you're looking at other players as well. There's the whole squad hasn't chipped in with as many goals as we saw in the promotion season, and I wonder if that's kind of come back to bite us in terms of of what we've lost in in that sort of that attacking area from from the the last time that we got promoted. I think it's a great point. I think certainly losing Smodix and Dembele, like you say, the creativity you've lost there is huge. Um, luckily enough, we, we managed to keep JCH and. Master stroke in bringing um, Mason Clark in. When, when first few games I've seen, I didn't see much of a player in him, but yeah, he's um, he's got that direct way of playing, very similar to Sariki, hasn't he? So I think yeah. he, he certainly helped on that front. Um, but no, you're right. I'm disappointed in players like Ricky J. Jones. I know we've spoken spoke about him heavily on the pod. Um, Harrison Burrows as well. You mentioned him there, Nathan. I think he's they've both got a lot of promise, but it's just yeah. it's not happened again at League One level, has it? So. You know, should we go up? You know, they've got no right. You know, they've got no um, no place in the championship, really, have they? A lot, like a lot of the rest of the squad, um, they've all had a go. I think, in regards to this team, all teams at all levels, you have cycles, don't you? And I think this team's it, it, we're at its end. That you've got players like Nathan Thompson, I'd say Frankie Kent as well. Um, and you look at the, the, the spine of the team. The spine is what I would call Ronnie Edwards, Jack Taylor, and JCH. They've they've been in the championship. They've been in League One. Um, they will all want to go elsewhere. Um, and 
you could argue that we've, we've had him in the championship and they, they didn't cut it. I mean, Ronnie Edwards, he, he did well. I think JCH at the back end of the season did really well as well. So, I think this team is at its end. Um, whether we go up or whether we don't, I think there's, there's wholesale changes needed. Um, so, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of changes on the pitch as well. I know we speak a lot about, you know, behind the scenes, but I think it is time to completely clear the decks. And by some miracle, if we did manage to negotiate at the end of this season and get up, do you want to be doing that in the Championship? I mean, it's this dangerous territory that is, because if you don't get it right, as we know, you're not competitive and you will get battered every week. It's as simple as that. You can't just fluke three or four wins there. You're going to get smashed. You know, three or four wins in a couple of months, it's not going to happen. You will get battered every game. So it's going to be interesting. Obviously, I wanted to get promoted more than anything. So, um, but it was going to be interesting. I was going to make a point about Harrison Burroughs. He's playing as number 10 and I don't know whether he is a number 10. I think his best performances for us have come off the left wing. And I just wonder whether they're crossing that's the thing is because you've got Je- uh, you've got Mason Clark who's just so good on the left. There's no point putting Burrows over there, but you can't put him on the right because then he's he's cutting inside, which effectively might work. I don't know. He was playing well on the grunt in centre mid, but I mean Fergie came in and was like, "Nah, we're having that," and stopped it. So yeah, but is, he, is he physical cool. enough? Centre mid. I know that was questioned last season, and he actually come on and in a lot of games he was he was, but I don't know if he's. If he's physical enough, I think mean, he's technically good enough for, for the centre mid. But do you reckon he's got that physical side to him? I, I think yes, it lacks a little bit, but he's only young, isn't he? He's like, physical physicality will come when he's learned the position better. But he needs to play it to learn it. And but they, what that position, position, this is the trouble: is he's not he's not stayed left wing, or he's not stayed number ten, or he's not stayed centre mid, or he's not 100%. stayed left wing. He's he's in between positions, and while obviously that's good for versatility, the whole problem with it is you've got a very technically quality player. Like he's genuinely could be Premier League player eventually. I genuinely think that, but you need to stick him in a position. You need to stay, literally stay, keep him in there, and that's the position that he learns to play. But it's like, difficult, isn't it? Because we've seen him left wing back, and for me, I remember me and you, Dan, talking last season how. Um, we loved that his delivery for JCH was yeah. really impressive. And coming from that left wing, he was ace at that. Defensively, I don't think he was too bad. Um, but did he has he got the pace to be on that wing? I'm not so sure. So it's and then again on the right, does he play on the right? No, he's very left footed. So and then you've got the question marks about him being in the middle. So what's his best position? I mean, if you I would probably say you're looking at like a left wing or left wing back. I think that's where we've seen the best of him, but I don't believe Fergie sees him as that, does he? The one position I would kind of like to see him is sort of the front of a middle three, of a midfield three. So having, you know, Fuchs or Cipriano or Norburn with Taylor and then having Burrows just ahead of him and he just roams, that's what I'd have him. So not a 10, but slightly back, maybe what you'd call it an eight. That's what I think he probably would would suit because then he can just roam. He hasn't got to worry about defensive sort of capabilities at all, and he can just use his left foot to to as much as he wants. He can go out to the left wing if he wants. He can go out to the right, do whatever he wants. Yeah, I think it's a fair fair point. Um, fair, but never give a player that kind of freedom, would he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, there's a lot of players there we could mention loads who are, who have got the potential, but it's just they've not unlocked it yet. But, Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, um, let's take a look at the league one table then. We're all past way past the bedtime. It's twenty past ten on Tuesday, the twenty fifth of April. As it stands, we are seventh. Um, we've all played forty four games. Well, the, the, the teams that matter anyway. Um, Derby are sixth on seventy five points. Bolton are fifth on seventy five points. We'll forget about the rest; they're irre- irrelevant to us. So, we, obviously, we're seventh, just outside that. Um, on 73 points. We've got two games to go and there's two points in it. Goal difference, we're three shy of Derby and four shy of Bolton. So this is close. Um, I'm going to ask you for predictions really on where we're going to go. But for me, obviously we've got Bristol Rovers at home on Saturday and then we finish the season at Barnsley. Barnsley, do they have anything to play for now? No. So I think they are there for taking. Don't get me wrong, it's a difficult, difficult game. But we're going to go into that needing something. So, Bristol Rovers at home, we can't we can't shit, shit ourselves there. We've got to um, we've got to win that. So for me, I honestly think we're going to make six. I really do. I think Derby have got very tough games. Bolton haven't got it easy either. So um, yeah, my prediction is I think we're going to sneak in. Dan, what do you reckon? Yeah, I, it's it's going to come down to the absolute wire. I think this is going to be as tight as as us winning at Burton a couple of years uh, at home, sorry, to Burton a couple of years ago and, and just missing out because Doncaster mm. got in. Um, it, it's going to be that kind of that kind of nail-biter. I, th- I think, as you said, you know, Derby have the toughest running out of the three, really, if you, if you look at where teams are and, and what they have to play for. Derby are prone to a slip-up, as we know, in the last couple of weeks. Bolton have the easier running of the three. However, they are absolutely demolished in terms of of their injuries they're playing center mids and center back at the moment you know their strikers aren't hitting where they need to they are a ruined team and it's obviously because they're Wembley pushing and you know it's good for us I, I I just can't see us getting anything at Barnsley I know you said they've got nothing to play for I just I just can't see it I think for me we're relying well, even if we go in if we go in desperately needing to win and they're, they're resting up do you not think it'll happen I, I, I just don't see it I, I don't think we're good enough away from home I, I just I feel like it's it's just not a game that we would win in, in any See, any I think we've improved chance. massively, massively mm. away from home. We, we have, but it, it, I, I guess it's just, you know, a scar from the last 18 months of, of football under Fergie. You know, obviously we had that sort of six-month stopgap with Grant, but even then away from home, we were bloody woeful. It, it's what I said earlier, you know, I'm going to get lambasted all over socials because, you know, people are going to say that we've been in fantastic form since the turn of the year and Fergie coming in. And, you know, if you look on paper, yes, we have been, but the results have been a bit iffy at times. And and it's just, you know, you look at the mentality of that squad and coming into this last little bit of the season, it's when it's going to be into the most question. So if we don't get something 
against Barnsley, I think that's what's going to come down to. I, I think, you know, Bristol, I can probably say it's going to be a win. I'd like to think it's going to be a win. But we need a result at Barnsley and I just don't see us getting it. Um, my issue is, my worry is, I think men- mentally the week. I don't know, you, you've, we've all said it before, but I do think that's the problem. And yeah, it's all right winning, at, you know, when we don't really need to win, so to speak. No, that doesn't exist, but you know what I mean? When the pressure's off, we seem to be able to perform. But when it's on and it's, you know, it's really time to perform, that's what that's when it worries me. So that, that's my concern. I mean, obviously our fixtures, Bristol Rovers, Barnsley, uh, Derby have got Pompey and Wednesday. For me, I can't see them get much. I really can't. And then you've got Bolton, Fleetwood and... And Bristol Rovers as well. So, toughest run for me, you're looking at Derby. Derby have got the hardest games. Uh, Portsmouth and Sheffield Wednesday for sure. So, for me, I'm, I think we will get in and I think uh, Bolton, I think they, they will go as well. So, they'll get in. I think it'll be Derby who drop out. That's my prediction. Um, I mean, if that does come to fruition, am I confident going into the playoffs? No, not at all. Because I think when you, you look higher end, you've got... It, Who's going to? I mean, it depends who goes up, doesn't it? But you've it's very, very tight. You've got as it stands, Plymouth are first in 95 with 95 points, Ipswich second, 94, and Sheffield Wednesday, 90. So you've got teams there, and Barnsley could potentially get over 90 points as well. You could have two teams with 90 points. It's they're strong, they're head and shoulders above us. So if you look at best case scenario, then based on that table and what we need, ideally, Derby don't get anything against Pompey or a draw at best, and then Ipswich lose and Sheffield Wednesday win this coming Saturday, that gives Wednesday something to play for on the last day against Derby. If we can get a point at Barnsley in that scenario, we're fine. Ah, that's a good point, yeah. So we want them having something to fight for then, don't we? Need them to have something to fight for. But when you look at like Derby... Bolton, other, other two legs, I'll be confident we could, we could beat them. But when you go further up, whoever drops out, Ipswich, Sheffield Wednesday, we just played Ipswich. We saw how close we got, nowhere near. And, and Barnes, the other two, it's just it's very, very difficult. And they, they are clearly better than us. Um, and it felt like going back to the Ipswich game, it did feel like it was back in the championship, didn't it? Just like, yeah, it's just not going to happen. It was it was like you're playing FIFA, you're a League Two team, you're playing Barcelona or something. So it was just, yeah, you can't get close to them. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm glad we're still in with a shout. We've got two games left. I think we'd have all took that a couple of months ago because it looked like the season was gone. Um, so, no, credit where credit's due. We, we are in with a shot. And playoffs are brilliant, isn't they? I mean, I love them. I know lots of football fans don't agree with them. I and mean, They are harsh. They can be a cruel mistress. But for me, they're fun. Um, don't get me wrong. If it's May the 29th and we're all at Wembley, will it be fun? Absolutely not. I'll be hating it. I'll be shitting myself and I'll probably be pissed to try and get through it. But it always, it's all worth it if you win, isn't it? Absolutely. It's around the table then. Who's creeping into six? Are we getting it or or not? Uh, Nathan, we'll start with you. Um, my head says I'm not sure, but my heart says yeah. So hopefully, but it really does depend on Derby's games, I think. Um Hopefully they drop points against Portsmouth and then that gives our, our players a, a kick up the arse. Um, and, you know, it sort of puts the pressure on them on, on the final day, puts pressure on Derby on the final day. Um, but it's anyone's guess, to be honest. It's it's very, very much of a muchness. You know, we don't know who's going to turn up. Derby could turn up, win both games. We could lose both. We could win both. It, it's 
it's so difficult to predict. It's pointless doing it because I think something will happen. There'll be some massive, um, you know, quirk of fate that will happen on on one of these games, and and it'll you know turn the tables completely. So it's yeah. Hopefully we do it, but yeah, you just can't predict these kind of things. Dan, what, what do you reckon? Come on, we'll be positive. Finish up on a positive one. <laughs> Nathan's got splinters. Come on, I want an answer, Dan. Come on. If, for me, it's a no. I, yeah. I, I, I don't think. I think we finished seventh. That's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen. You're, you're probably right. I, I'm always the optimist. I like to to dream. Um, but yeah, you, you probably are right. To be fair, um, we need to pick some award winners for the Tony Award. Um, best player in March. I can't even remember March to be honest. Um, we need we need a winner. Best player for us in March. Who are we thinking? Mason Clark or Jack Taylor, probably. It's one of the two. Yeah, I would. I'll back you on Jack Taylor. I think he's been excellent in the last few games. Dan, do you agree? It doesn't matter, really. That's, it's two games. Well, well, no, well, okay. Yeah, but like the last few games ish. No, it's not. Yeah. The last few games have been April. <laughs> All right, for fuck's sake. Right. Jack Taylor, <laughs> Tony Award for March. Right, that's it then, chaps. We will uh, wrap it up until next time. There will be a next time. Again, to clarify, no shitting off pants has happened here. Thanks for listening. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review and rate the podcast on Apple and Spotify. It'll help us climb the charts. Uh, We've got to change that. We've been saying that for about nine years now. Uh, But yeah, join us next time on The Posh. What a fucking nightmare that was. Three yeah, devices man. later. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Let's not tell Tim I'll have a field day. Oh, man, honestly. I fucking stuttered my way through it as well. Couldn't read it. I got me, ain't got me contacts in. Nightmare. <laughs> this podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.